Woo! My friends, what's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 14th of um, September. It's a beautiful 72 degree evening. We're going to be bidding farewell to the HVAC pretty soon, which is an awesome thing, wouldn't you say? Fall temperatures. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be autumn. Some people out here on the uh, on the sidewalk at the stove and tap in Lansdale having a little meal, a little late evening dinner on a, Wednesday, on a friggin' beautiful Wednesday evening. It's exciting. When I just breathed in deeply like that, I might have been imagining, you might have imagined that I was taking in that uh, that beautiful air, fall crisp air, images of apples, apple picking, and spiced fucking coffee, and, uh, spiced donuts, or what do you call them, cider donuts, and the crunch of leaves underfoot as you scamper from house to house on All Hallows Eve, and you smell some of the first wood-burning stoves in the neighborhood, fired up, literally and figuratively. And then you realize there's not that many wood-burning stoves anymore. Everybody's gone to gas. And then you ponder, wow, how what will gas prices be when the Russians continually shut off our supply to Europe? Who the fuck knows what's going to go on with energy? We might be, might be burning... Uh, horse shit or fucking buffalo dung like they do in Nepal and stuff like that. They primarily, you know that they primarily um, use dung, dried dung as fuel for like their cook stoves. So they all have fucked up lungs. Here we're all talking about air quality and stuff. These motherfuckers are cooking bacon and eggs over uh, buffalo shit, horse shit. Oh my God. So it could always be worse, you understand that? Variety of things, so I'm going to try to knock out a quick podcast on my way home here. i got about 20 minutes. It's been a good week. Um, it's, it's, it's in the course of a good week. I am fucking... I've got a lot of shit going on in my mind. It's been a busy day. It's been a productive day. Laughed, carried on, helped a shitload of people. Did my good work. I believe is philosophically pure. I listened to people. I cared about them. I educated them. I told stories, heard some people out. I listened to a lot of people. It's a big part of any doctor's job. And I pause periodically when a, um, you know, somebody is, is telling me, I, as I look at them and I take in their story and, and so sincerely, I, I can feel, I cognate, I, um, my wheels are turning because I know that, the, that it is therapeutic, it's part, like, they've said too much sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes people just tell, tell you too much. The hell did somebody tell me, somebody told me today that they took their girlfriend's uh, stool sample to the lab to drop it off. 
and it was in a clear bag. Let me tell you something. I don't need to hear that shit, literally. I care. I didn't bat an eye, I didn't snicker, I didn't anything like that. I'm not doing that now. I'm just saying, I don't need to fucking know about stool samples. Yeah, I'm a musculoskeletal specialist. I can't help you in that regard. Or somebody telling me about, you know, I mean, I love hearing about people's hobbies. I love telling stories and hearing the stories that people have to tell. I think that is therapeutic. Did you know that it is believed that that is where much of our history, how our history was told in oral traditions? People would sit down around campfires and maybe a meal, maybe a, t- a little friggin' village gathering or whatever, and they would they would talk about you know the way it was back in the day and these are how our traditions were passed on. That's some people believe that's how religion. Well, certainly that was how religion was um, was observed, right? They tell the stories, they recite it, they read it from the good book or whatever their tradition is. Fuck was that? You know, on these um, on these evenings, these co- these cool fall evenings, people with their little rat rods—I think that's what they call them—they like to gather and they like to beep at each other. This one's got a little shit eater car. Probably fast that one is a Subaru wagon thing that fucker coming all the way down the road. That pissed me off if that was my son or daughter. And a little rat rod. How much different is it than uh, when we were, you know, growing up? And most people had muscle cars or ninjas, you know, the, the street bikes. Not much different, but these things are a little fucking shittier and they're annoying. And they get stuck in the snow, I bet. As would a Chevelle, I suppose. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. So the oral tradition. I love to tell stories. I love to hear people out. I genuinely do. But sometimes people go too far. I don't need to hear about fucking stool samples and shit, you know? And sometimes it just gets a little bit out of hand. That's the way we are, man. That's the way that I am. I wouldn't have it any other way. But I, what I'm trying to describe is that I'm sitting in the middle of this, standing there in my office, and I'm listening to this, and I'm, I'm taking it all in, all this chaos, and people coming in, and who's in the next patient's in there, and you know, somebody comes in, and mailman drops some stuff off, or phone rings, and you got people talking and meeting and greeting out there, and all kinds of craziness going on. And it's just like, whoa, this is a fucking big top. And I love it. Anyway, that's a big part of big part of my life. And it must be because I'm going to get home at 9 o'clock and eat. You know, by the time I sit down and shit, you know, if I can have my meal and shower up, it'll be 9.30. Get up, do it all over again tomorrow. I'm grateful that all these people are in my life, man really special what else I had somebody come in the other day and 
just break down. I cried and I gave I gave this patient a hug. Told them that I'm always there for them and if there's anything that you know, just too much, there's a lot going on, sort of thing. And I was I was happy to issue that hug and a little bit of love with that. I had somebody come in yesterday and tell me, hey, how are your kids doing? How are the kids going back to school? How are they doing? They're not they're not learning that woke stuff, are they? <laughs> but that was funny, you know? That there's people that, that really are, you know, are still talking about the God, whatever the fuck it is. The uh, the curriculum and the books that have been banned and all these controversies around what you know, what our kids should be exposed to in school is not that woke stuff we got here we all have the internet open in front of us you can google anything and we're worried about you know uh, to kill a mockingbird on the bookshelf in in the library and our kids might have to read it stuff like that and I love this person who said it but I also I thought it was funny I, I'm not, you know, upset about it or anything like that. I don't gr- agree. I don't think that there. I think that teachers, um, educators out there, you know, people doing the work and the students doing the learning, you know, they're going to figure out this stuff on their own. Meanwhile, we bicker over, you know, to make cheap political points. But I thought it was funny when this person said it. Um, you got to find the humor and everything. I was looking at my weeping willow tree the other, yesterday, and checking out its branches, man, and its branches are fucking large and in charge, and it's no longer struggling because of this beautiful weather. It's getting cooler, and it's green, and it's flowing, and its branches almost touching the ground. It's very special. And I remember that a couple years ago in a storm, maybe only a year ago, but see, I think it's a couple now. It fell over in this real bad rain windstorm, and I just cut a couple couple branches off of it, and it fell back and it went, you know, straight as a fucking pecker, right up in its in its uh, normal spot, and the roots regrew and spread out and anchored it back in, and it's good as new. The resilience of that tree. Now, there's something to be taken away from that, something to be learned from that. Um, I had somebody tell me today, a dear friend, that somebody who knew me from the my old YMCA days, running Dr. Drill, that said some, they were talking shit about me or something like that, that they heard some bad things about me or whatever. I can't imagine what that is, motherfuckers. I'm no saint, but I gotta I tell you what, I look at myself straight in the mirror at the end of the day, every day, having done my best, having treated people well. You know, the program was very successful and helped a lot of people, and a lot of people thought I was probably the biggest dick around, that, that people that weren't doing it, you know, or whose wives or husbands had done it, and they thought that I was crazy to pay somebody 
hundreds of dollars to, to yell at them in the field. Um, people honestly did not know what they were missing. Now, anybody, I mean, that, not that it's for everybody, but it sure was for a lot of people, man. Ask any of the hundreds of people that took that program over 15 years and the and the thousands of hours trained and the work put in, whether it was worth it, whether it was something remembered, memorable. They'll tell you, sure as hell was. And that I'm the real fucking deal. You know, I try to, I'm not saying that like I'm uh, uh, conceited or anything like that, full of myself. That's confidence, not arrogance. I, I do my best. I do good work. I'm, I'm conscious of the efforts that I put out there to help people and to do good in this in this world. I'm trying to be a fucking protagonist, you know. Some people will look at the way that I am and they'll take it the wrong way or they will they'll just rub them the wrong way, man. You can't make everybody happy, you know. But I guarantee you, anybody who knows me, really knows me, will tell you, um, you know, will have some things to say about about me, and they'll be positive, overwhelmingly so. Um, do I care about my reputation? I absolutely do. I work hard, very, very hard for many, many years, and have not always been, like I said, a saint or, of course, some fallible, you know, I've made mistakes in my life nothing too great nothing that I couldn't recover from learn from improve myself and and use to serve as a lesson to other people I remember people at the Y in Lansdale, Pennsylvania and Harleysville I mean a lot of the YMCA staff they, they resented me and the program because we were loud and we were you know, a program that was for profit and basically what is disguised as a non-profit institution, the Y. The Y does a lot of good stuff, does a lot of charitable work, gives a lot of stuff away, but they're they're in it to make, you know, money. And it's not the people who are working there. It's the people at the highest levels might make a little bit, might make the money, I suspect. But... They're wonderful people. It's a great organization, but it wasn't a good fit for Dr. Drill to be there because um, we we just kind of like took over. You know, we had a big, you know, it's like mob mentality. Here are, you know, we are got a platoon of 40, then it was 60, then it was 80, then there were two platoons, three platoons, you know, a platoon up in Spring Mountain. Uh, it was a big deal for, for quite a while. And He's had a big signature, you know, big boot print. It's like the freaking, you know, football team goes out to eat together. There's going to be shit thrown. There's going to be people that are, you know, offended by the noise or the aggression or whatever it was. And I, I would, you know, as a leader of the organization, I often had to um, throttle people back and reassure everybody that the mission was the most... Um, you know, that we had a responsibility to to do right and to help people and all that. I mean, long story short, the 
experience was overwhelmingly positive. It was probably the best thing that I've ever done in my life. I'm still trying to, to do things from this podcast to anything that I do in my office or teaching or creating things artistically viewing this world, this this life as art um, it's it's about trying to, to maintain some sort of level of success, happiness helping you know, altruism trying to trying to keep that that torch lit, you know, and that's one of the things that I uh, that I've talked about on the podcast before. You know, for instance, Monday morning, I you know I've been very ambitious with the pod with uh, um, establishing a social media presence for Healthy Balance. You know, I I decided that I want to let the secret out that that we are the the number one place to go for physical medicine. You have a musculoskeletal condition. You know, we want to take care of you for all the right reasons. I want you to be part of the this this circus. I want you to come under the circus tent and see all these crazy characters and meet them and care about them and understand that, that the care that you're going to receive and the relationship you're going to have with, with uh, at this place is the most sincere. Just want to be sincere. Just want to help. And so I get the social media presence going. I'm linking my Instagram, my Healthy Balance. And uh, I put something on there. That was me laughing for a couple minutes straight. It was a fit of laughter that I had in my living room while we were fucking around with Snapchat filters and the dogs barking. He's so perplexed. And my kids and wife were snorting and just laughing contagiously um, because because I was, because we were caught in the moment, and we were happy, and we were enjoying ourselves, and this is just on a Sunday night, Labor Day uh, weekend, and we just kind of found ourselves in this moment of joy, and I'm glad that my wife captured that, or my daughter did, on video, and I shared it, and my confidant, Emily, we're pretty close, man, she's a good friend, and she's, um, she saw it, and she said, this really made my day. It started me up. And so I lit a torch. You know, I consider that lit that motivation, that that experience that I'm providing over the uh, you know, social media as, that's the intent. I want people to feel good. I want people to feel happy, feel welcome, feel like they can laugh, like, like, like there's some good, something good going on in this world, and to look for it um, from me and from any business or entity that I'm a part of, but also to harvest it within themselves. So I lit a torch, fucking spark to a flame. I hand it to Emily, and Emily shares it out there. You know, she just affirms. Now she's, you know, she's a great friend, so she's sold, but. Um, and she works at the office, and she does a great job. But she she took that ho- that torch, and she held her. She 
she lit hers with mine and shared that with other people and then all the people that came in it, it, it created a warmth it created a motivation it created a, a catalyst that other people can can use to make their, their lives better that's what I want to do that's what, that's what I'm about that's what I like to do with my day and I have, I mean, fortunately, I'm in a position where this, I mean, my job, my life's work is to inspire people to make, make them happy, make them feel a certain way. Not because I hope to gain anything from it. I mean, I'm, I'm in the business to help people. Train my fucking ass off to learn how to apply my trade chiropractically. But there's so much more that I do that is about just providing an experience that makes people happy. You know, I talked to a guy this evening. He grew up going to the Pine Barrens and camping, and he took survival classes, and he he clammed, and he kayaked, and, uh, you know, fished on the bay, and I shared with him books to read. You know, the Bayman, uh, the Closed Sea are all about the Barnegat Bay, and that area, the Pine Barrens, and people who live their lives on the bay, uh, harvesting clams and fish and all this shit, you know, now most of us sit behind computer terminals, you know, like, that he experienced the same, a similar thing that I did, that he understands something you know, similar, he, she had the same experience, and we're bonding over, and I just I met him like the fourth visit or something today. And I just, I love our conversations. I love the interaction. I love helping the guy. I love listening to what he's, he has to tell me. He's a trucker and he's telling me stories about, you know, how his, his, uh, there's a, uh, a crash aversion system in these trucks and how, you know, if, there, if there's an imminent crash, it'll lock the brakes up like some cars do. They, they should beep, 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 and it'll, it'll, cause a little vibration of the steering wheel or something to try to, assuming maybe you're asleep at the wheel or something like that, like, there's, they have that in big rig trucks too, so this thing goes off, and it's this car, nearest car is like a football field away from him, and it's locking up, and he's like, shit, what happens if I have, um, if I run, if I'm on black ice, and that happens, like, what happens, so, interesting stories, Great conversations, um, very inspiring. I talked to another person today about dogs and um, showing dogs, loving dogs, taking care of dogs. Ooh, talk about uh, ooh, the twin churches here. This is what I do when I'm on a roll with my podcast. I go up the road a little bit and hit some of these back roads, passing the twin churches in Tylersport. It's a beautiful area. How is it that there's twin churches positioned right across the street from one another? Like, why would you do that? Well, what is the story of those churches? I have a friend who, who is a parishioner there and plays the bells for Christmas uh, shit, Christmas uh, celebrations, whatever the fuck they do pretty cool. So what the fuck was I talking about there? Conversations that we had. Um, stories being told. 
listening to people, helping people. Oh, dogs. Fucking bogey, right? So he has a... I'm off yesterday. We're hanging out. We went to walk at uh, the sportsman's club that I'm in, a member of. And we're out there. Nobody's out there. It's a beautiful day. There's three ponds. We're throwing sticks trying to get him to take a little dip. He finds something dead, rolls on it. This is like a little fucking dead fish or a slug or something that was rotten. You know, you can smell it. He freaking does the little back thing on it. He gets on his back and kind of rubs around. And then he does it so much. I was like, you're going to... I even took a video of it and shared it. You're going to fall right in the drink. It was a little slope. He was on the bank and he slid right into the drink and came back out. Still not swimming. He, like, is so strong and long that he reaches out like a, like he's got like a like his limbs are like a boom or something and he, he reaches out from the precariously and seemingly defying physics <clears throat> he reaches out onto the um, over the water you have two new text messages <clears throat> like a fucking boom or something like that so he can try to stretch out as best as possible and grab these um, branches that I'm throwing out there. So then I take him home. He gets spoiled again. My daughter comes home. The neighbor takes him um, and walks him down to her house where there's a husky, his best buddy, um, Dasher. So they play for like half hour or whatever like that. He's exhausted. He slurps up probably a gallon of water. And then it's, now i got to throw my daughter in the truck. I put Bogey in there. we got to drop her off at cheer. we got to pick up Sam from football. Bogey, on the way back, this fucking guy, he's standing. He's got his seat on, his, his paws on the bench, rear paws on the bench, and his front paws are on the window, like the top of the window. Like he's postured up. And I'm like, oh, I don't want him to fall out, you know. But I go out to scold him. And I look down, he's taking a freaking big-ass whiz. Taking a waz right on my goddamn door. Like, thoroughly. Soaked it. And he just looks at me like, what? Now, I wouldn't have a problem if he could do that where he could piss and aim it out the window. I'm very cool with that. I would think that would actually be pretty funny. You have three new text messages. You know? So, um, that crazy ass dog, I can't wait to see him when I get home. So, let's see, my friends. So, that's about it. Let me look. I got a, I got a, a couple little items that I pulled out here to discuss Weeping Willow, Citizens Arrest, The Torch, Getting Emotional. Okay, Citizens Arrest, check this out. So I, st- I stopped by um, <clears throat> the store on the way home from the office the other night. Giant. And I'm in the parking lot. And I see this woman uh, as I'm walking to my truck. It's fucking late. It's like almost 9 o'clock at night as well. It's Monday night. There's um, a woman who uh, I pass as I'm walking. And she goes, I'm never, she said something like, to the effect of, oh, I'm never going to catch this. And I was like, what? What did you say? 
and I thought, then I see this kid walking, and he's got like a hoodie, and um, sweatpants, and like fucking loafer, um, you know, kids wear socks and sandals, and they have like the slide sandals, this kid's like kind of shuffling away, and then it dawns on me, and she's tracking this kid, and she was probably 50-something year old woman, I saw that she had a giant shirt on, like her, she must have been a manager or something, I said, uh, I pulled up, and I opened my window, I said, hey miss, are you okay, she goes, no, I'm trying to catch up to this kid, he stole a bottle of wine from the supermarket, I said, well, you want me to pull a citizen's arrest, I'll go and, uh, she goes, nah, he's gone already. Uh, I don't want you to get in trouble. And I looked at this kid. You know, just the ass end of him, just as he was, he disappeared, probably ran into the woods. She, he accelerated as he, as he figured out she was after him. I said, Missy, call the cops. She goes, yeah, but he's already gone. I think she, she wanted to, she didn't want the kid to get, like, fucking thrown in the lockup or get in any serious trouble. She just wanted to, like, teach him a lesson, maybe. I don't know. But, um, I don't know if I ever did anything like that when I was a kid. I certainly would shoplift from time to time when I was in my early teens, and that was dumb. But I thought about this kid and how I would handle it. What would I do if I, you know, came upon this kid? Clearly, it was like in his early teens. No threat or anything like that. What would you say? I thought just in that moment, a split second, like, do I say, Hey, kid, I've been there. Hey, you little fuck. You're going to get yourself in trouble. You know, I probably would have said something like that. Certainly not going to go and pull a citizen's arrest, but it was an interesting scene to take in. And here's this, you know, like mom type figure trucking in across the parking lot. Who knows what the kid would do, you know, if, if she tried to retrain, uh, retrieve whatever he was, um, he had stolen. So that was just an interesting story that I I almost forgot about. I'm glad I I wrote it down. I hope you find all this stuff interesting. I'm just spitballing, and this is a 30 minutes into my my travel home. Uh, This is fucked up. I don't know how I'm, I'm not flipping out about this. I go for a dental appointment yesterday. I haven't been in in a while, but I usually get a really good review a little good checkup after I was get my teeth cleaned and I'm all good see you in six months that's what she said alright well see you in six months and then the hygienist said oh wait a second see something here she's looking at one of my teeth canine on the bottom and she's there's something fucking wrong with it man so they x-ray it and it's problematic, man. Like, there's something that's called internal resorption. Basically, the tooth on the inside, 
these things called osteoclasts, which are, they break bone down. It's like breaking down the inside of my tooth, kind of like hollowing the fucking thing out. So she said, you know, just to watch it and, you know, but it could be structurally unstable by like tear into a stake or something like that. Who knows? You know, I could break this tooth. Oh, no thank you. You know, I don't need problems like that, right? That fucking sucks. I walked out of there. I felt like... Just troubled, angry, uh, confused. Uh, how something like this... And this uh, condition is very rare, apparently. Yes, I'm a rare guy. Yes, I shouldn't bite into a rare steak. And if, um, if I wanted to get it truly taken care of, you know, if, it, if God forbid, if it is compromised at any point, if it breaks down the road, then I'd have to get it pulled and get a fucking implant, which I would, because I value a toothy grin, you know. Oh, man. So, but I'm doing okay with it. I was told today that I just need to watch it and be aware that it could be a problem down the road. That's all we can do. All right, I'm home. You guys have a good night. Start all over again tomorrow.